Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you so much, Matt. They teased me this morning. I heard them in worship practice singing that song, and so I had my, my heart set, so I wasn't going to allow him to escape singing that. Amen. How many love Matt and the worship team, Melanie, all the, um, so amazing, um, Nick, um, Michael, and, and they're just all amazing. I love them so much. So many people are out of town. Did everybody have a great Christmas? Yeah. Amen. Well, I want to quickly get into the word. We don't have a ton of time. Um, one thing I want you to do before I move on to the message is I want you to keep uh, this situation. Can I share my heart this morning? I want you to keep uh, in prayer um, this issue that we have next door. It's the elephant in the room that we're kind of dealing with every Sunday. Um, you know, before I retain this facility, I would drive around the facility and make sure there was ample parking. Um, before we occupied it, I wanted to make sure that um, our Sunday services wouldn't interfere with uh, the neighboring um, operations. And so I did my due diligence, several dozens of emails back and forth. Um, I don't think the same precautions were taken um, with this next door church plant. And we obviously we honor them. We want to love on them. And um, we want the work of the Lord not to be hindered on their part. Uh, but it is, it has become um, an issue. So we may or may not have to move the service time down 30 minutes. And we need to kind of create an hour and a half gap. And so they're willing to move their service times up. But keep it in prayer. It's not something that I wanted to do. Um, it's the last thing I want to do quite honestly, only being four months in, but we want to be as Christ-like as possible and we want to work with them and we don't want their work hindered as we don't want the Spirit of God hindered on our Sunday mornings as well. Amen. Okay, ready to get into the Word? Well, my little Zoe, who's in this little um, pink dress, uh, I love her so much. She uh, inspired this sermon this morning, this past week. I think it was probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I can't remember, but, um, you know, she turned uh, nine months old. Isn't it so funny? Like before a year, we, it's like we talk about months like they're years. <laughs> well, she turned nine months old yesterday. Everybody say, aw. <laughs> she looks at me and tries to talk to me and hand me her pacifier as I'm up here preaching a lot of the times, but she turned nine months old. And so she's starting to crawl around and get around a whole lot uh, lately. And we have recently converted our, I don't even know if I'd call it a living room anymore. My, it used to be my living room where I would watch TV and uh, we converted it into a toe stubbing sanctuary. And so if uh, you walk out there in the middle of the night and you don't have your phone as a flashlight, you're going to probably let a big shout out because more than likely you're going to stub your toe. So we got all these cool, really neat toys and uh, especially these Christmas toys. So you can hardly walk through it. It's got this big 12 by 12 soft pad. So if she falls over on the tile, it's just, it's kind of padded. Um, she has all these cool, neat gadgets that are, that light up and make all these really cool sounds. Um, but I couldn't help but notice um, something lately um, that in spite of her having all these little cool gadgets and, and 
toys that make all these sounds and sing all these, all these musical, uh, have all these musical instruments. Um, she, she lost interest in it uh, as of late, and she seems to be more uh, curious about the cobwebs that are underneath the couch. And one particular area that she's particularly fond of is in that living room, there is a track where we have a sliding glass door. So she's become really fond of, of playing in the dirt um, of the track. And uh, I think that we can kind of apply that to our lives this past year. And I hope that we can gain some spiritual truths from it because there's many times when God does many great things in our life and, uh, lives and he blesses us with so many things, yet we get distracted by things that don't really matter or meaningless. And I think that in particular this past year, um, and that's why I want to entitle this message, Don't Touch the Dirt. Sounds weird, right? It'll make sense in just a minute because I'm finding myself more and more when we're in there, we're playing with the toys. She uh, goes to crawl over to the toys. I mean, I'm sorry, she crawls past the toys over to this dirt track. And I'm finding myself saying, Zoe, don't touch the dirt. Everybody say, don't touch the dirt. You know, um, dirt can mean many things. And I think growing up, um, I grew up, I'm kind of Southern, but kind of not. I'm an Orlando native. And so when we would drop like a piece of food or candy in the dirt or even a hot dog growing up, my family, all of my family, we grew up um, grilling a lot. So chicken and hot dogs and hamburgers and all that good stuff typical American food, when we would drop something, they would say, you need to eat that stuff. Dirt don't hurt. God made dirt. <laughs> now, although there is a lot of truth to that, it doesn't taste very good after it's dropped in the dirt. And although dirt may not hurt, dirt often distracts. And that's what Zoe's been struggling with. And I'm wondering this morning or what's happened in your life in 2018, what distractions have pulled your attention away from what truly matters and what God has been up to in your life. Amen? You know, I, I, I think about pastors, what they're probably preaching this Sunday morning and how they're more than likely ministering about resolutions and goal setting and, you know, make a goal about going to the gym this next year and you're going to lose 15 pounds and all of these different resolutions and goal setting, which there's nothing wrong with goal setting. But I don't think we as people, especially American people, have a problem with goal setting. I think we have issues with goal keeping. Can somebody say amen to that? And so I want to take a different approach uh, this morning in this sermon. I don't want to challenge you to add something to your resolutions or to your goals. What I would like to do, and my whole point on preaching this message, is to get you to remove something from your goals and removing things that don't really matter, things that steal your attention, things that detract you or deter you from what God is up to in your life. The older I'm getting, and I'm not that old, I'm, I'm only 34, um, but I feel really old in my soul. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I used to be really impressed with people who would set these amazing goals I'm going to go back to school and get my bachelor's or I'm going to go get my, my BA or I'm going to get my master's degree or I'm going to start this company. And we, we set all these big goals. But the older I'm getting and the more finicky I see that people are, amen, 
the, the more respectful I'm becoming of people who actually finish things, not people, not really too respectful of people who simply just start things. Because it's one thing to start something, but it's a whole nother thing to finish something. Amen? And so recently, my wife and I, actually, was it Saturday? It was yesterday that we bought this baby gate. Um, maybe it was Friday. Friday, she bought the baby gate. That's right, because she interrupted my Friday evening and wanted me to put this baby gate together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was a pleasure. It was for Zoe. We put this baby gate up, and so she's not able to, to mess with this dirt track anymore. So I don't have to chase her. I just kind of sit within her pen and kind of play with her. But um, boundaries are healthy. It made, me starting th- it made me start thinking of the Ten Commandments. We think about the Ten Commandments, and a lot of people don't serve God because of the limitations that they think that God puts on their lives. But boundaries create safety. Boundaries create parameters and protection. And if you're listening to me and you're a young person, I don't see too many young people, young and old probably need to hear this about right now, especially the church at large in Christianity, is there's a reason why God put parameters and you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Young people and older people alike. Because a lot of people think that, okay, this boundary, God puts boundaries on me or he gives me these commandments and they're going to limit my ability to have fun. Not knowing that God created the Ten Commandments to create safety in your life so that you can enjoy life and not be hindered in life. Amen? And if you want to hear more about the sex thing, I want you to join us in February. Is that when Valentine's is? We're going to be talking about God in the room. God in the bedroom. Hallelujah. Somebody say Amen. We'll be talking about the songs of Solomon. But boundaries are healthy if they're used correctly. Boundaries create safety and they create freedom, not bondage. And that's why I want to talk about boundaries this morning. And I want to talk about, and it's found in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I want you to read this with me out loud if you can, if it's up on the screen. And it says this. I want you to read with me if you have your Bibles or your iPad. If not, the scripture's up on the screen. One, two, three. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. I want you to stop there. I want you to say every weight. Every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, it's amazing to me that he made a distinction between weights and sin. Weights and sin. Let us lay aside every weight, every distraction that would so easily ensnare us. So God is not just concerned about sin. He's concerned about dirt. He's concerned about the things in our lives that distract us from what he is trying to do in our lives. I love what the Message Bible says, and I've never been a huge fan of it, but I'm beginning to like it more and more. And it says this. It's a little bit more lengthy. It says, it won't be up on the screen. Just hear me. Do you see what it means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished, see, began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where 
he was headed. Point number one, the dirt in your life many times begins with attention assassins. I came up with that all by myself. Attention, attention assassins. Now, what do I mean about attention assassins? Now, as an ordained minister of the gospel, I don't say that pridefully, but I'm just trying to prove a point. I have officially determined that there is phone demons. I'm kind of joking, okay? And I'm gonna ask for your prayers once we end this service because am I the only one who struggles with their phone? Am I the only one? See, this is why I don't manage my Facebook because this is an attention assassin in my life. If you spend more time, see, we, do, we don't put up cows, golden cows anymore, right? Not like they did in the old and even in the New Testament. We, we, we don't do that. But we do other paganistic things by putting other things first other than Christ. And so one of the attention assassins in my personal life is that stinking Apple, that iPhone, and this is why I don't manage my Facebook, because I realize that this is there to assassinate and deter me and steal my attention where I should be putting energy into good, healthy things. I'm putting it in things that really don't matter or I get nothing back in return. Amen. You know, I stay, I've stayed up long hours and wasted hours or even, you know, 30 minutes, half hour. Generally, at the end of the evening, I'm looking at my phone. Is everybody kind of the same way? Isn't it kind of funny how that you spend X amount of time on your phone and you tell yourself, well, I'm going to read a little bit of the word and say a little prayer before I go to sleep. But as soon as you put that iPhone or that Android down, that you all of a sudden get tired and don't have any time to read the Bible because your eyes get heavy. Amen. We have to be, and now I'm just making an example about a phone, but there are many things that are attention assassins in our lives especially this past year. So this year going into 2019, I want you to make a decision to avoid the dirt, the things that steal your attention away from things that don't really matter, that add no spiritual value or no earthly value in your lives. Amen. And one of the major things is that number one thing, the attention assassins. And some of them are hobbies that we have. Now, I believe in hobbies. I believe in having fun and enjoying life. But when we put something uh, before the Lord or we're investing more time and more effort and more of our finances into things more than God, y'all ain't saying nothing this morning, we create idols in our lives without really knowing it. And we're exalting things above exalting him. We're putting more time and attention into things more than him. And so be careful this coming year. Don't add things to your resolution list. How about we take some things away and let's start with the attention assassins. Amen. I love in first Samuel, I can't think about uh, when I think of this word attention assassins, I can't help but think about King David in first Samuel. And I'll read it to you. Just, just hear me. It will not be up on the screen. I don't think there'll be any other scriptures up on the screen at this point. I kind of added them later, but it says this in first Samuel 11, one through five, it happened in the spring of the year at that time when Kings go out to battle, the time when Kings go out to battle, watch this, that David sent Joab, his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. 
Why in the world is a king when it's the time that kings go out to battle? Is Why is David spending time at home when he should be busy fighting and doing his job as a king? Because he was giving attention to things that didn't deserve his attention. And this is where most people fall in their walk with the Lord. And they fall into all kinds of sins and bad habits and poor decisions is because when they should be fighting or thriving in their relationship with the Lord, they get distracted by other things. So it says here that when it was time for kings to go out to battle, David remained at home. It's amazing to me that the scripture stressed the importance that David should have been out to battle, but when he wasn't, he fell into sin. Now follow me. It says this, then it happened one evening that David arose from the bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, his own house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Hmm. And that woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. You know what that means? We talked about that the other week. And he knew her. And she came to him and, they, and he lay with her for she was cleansed from her impurity and she returned to her house and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Now we know the history of David, but because David allowed things to steal his attention that he had no business giving attention to, he fell into deep sin. And when you're not occupied and putting your attention into the things of God and the purposes of God in your life, things, the enemy will send distractions and get you to put your attention on things that don't really matter, not just things that don't matter, but things that have a destiny to destroy your relationship with Christ, to destroy your relationships with people, to destroy your purpose for life. Amen. So we really have to evaluate what we are giving our attention to in this next season of our life in 2019. Can somebody say amen to that? especially the iPhone. You guys are going to pray for me after service about this iPhone thing. Number two, energy extractors. Everybody say energy extractor, extractors. Now, God forgive me. I don't know why I'm talking about phones so much because I think phones are a big issue in general. And the phone has been uh, an issue with stealing my personal uh, time and energy. But I used to spend time on the phone like when a telemarketer would call because I am such a nice guy. My wife and everybody else tells me I'm just too nice. I used to spend 15 minutes with these people trying to just persuade them that I don't need their services. And then the light bulb finally went off in my head. It took about 15 years that they are not going to let me off the phone if I don't just hang up the phone. So every time that they call me now or, you know, you know, there's an app that you can download on your phone, by the way, if there's only for AT&T which I have downloaded, but they still kind of get through. So they now these days for this past year, they don't get through 10 seconds with me on the phone because I have found out because my time is valuable and I can't spend energy and time trying to persuade someone for 15 minutes that I don't need their services. So I simply, uh, there's, there's, Mo was with me the other day and I picked it up and I answered. And I said, hello. And as soon as they said something, I knew exactly what it was and I hung it up and Mo looked at me like I was rude. It's not that I was being rude, it's that I have to conserve my energy. 
this year. That's a funny, that's a funny example, but there are things that we spend our energy on and have spent our energy on this past year in 2018 that you have to decide this year, I'm not going to give my energy to that. I'm not going to give my time to that. I'm not going to give the time of day because I'm going to conserve my energy and put it into things that matter and that add value in my relationship with Christ and relationship with my family and relationship to my destiny. Amen. Did you know that your phone is for your convenience? I know that's a revelation. Did you know that you don't have to answer the phone every single time it calls? Now, people are going to be mad at me because I don't answer the phone every time you call me now. There is caller ID for a reason. I think God gave someone that idea. You don't always have to answer it because your phone is for your convenience, not other people's. Amen. And so stay away from conversations, stay away from activities, stay away from habits that would sap you of your energy. Amen. And I I spoke this morning and I felt that was a prophetic word for someone. um, How if the devil cannot get you or the enemy cannot get you to sin or to fall into sin, what he'll do is he'll get you to lessen your faith or to decrease your faith in God. Because he knows is if he can lessen your faith in something, you won't get the results of heaven because it takes faith to move the hand of God. This is what separates people who are experiencing the abundance of God in their life versus those who are very stale in their relationship with the Lord. It doesn't mean that God loves someone less or loves someone more. It's how that person expects him to be in their lives. This is why faith is really, really important. Amen. But not only faith, but energy is important. Think about that wasted energy we've spent on time, uh, the time we've spent in the relationships we've engaged into and the, and the maybe business ventures that we've invested into or investments financially where we've put energy in our time and our efforts that have given us no good spiritual or physical return. Refuse to put your energy into things this year that don't matter and that sap you of your energy. Amen. This year, you have to avoid the dirt, and you can only do that by deciding in advance where you're going to put your energy. You have to decide in advance, coming into 2019, I'm going to do this. This is my aim, but I will not give my time nor my energy to these other things. Amen? I have made up in my mind, this next year, I may lose some friendships. I may lose some relationships, but you have to kind of set a goal in mind. Someone said this one time. You may have heard it. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. You'll hit it every single time. If you don't live with purpose, people always, I always hear people, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this at church. I don't have the time, this free time to do it, uh, do X, Y, Z at home. I don't have time to clean my house. I don't have time to clean my heart, my car. The reality is, is that we have the time, but we allow other things to steal our energy. So we don't put our energy into things that matter, but yet we have an hour to spend on Facebook. We have time to hang out with our friends. We have time and energy to put into things that don't really matter or add value. Amen. So this, this year, let's eliminate all excuses that would render us ineffective in this next coming year. Amen. I know this is more of like a teaching, but it's important. You know, I look at life like an ocean. Moses laughs at me all the time because I come up with these little sayings and you may have heard this saying before, but I look at life like an ocean and I see us like a whale. 
And the ocean is uh, this vast, deep place full of possibilities. Refuse to beach yourself over minnows this year. It's amazing how, what time and energy we put into little things that don't matter. Don't be the whale that beaches itself over minnows. Now, I love biology. I love marine life. I spend a lot of time outdoors. I love the beach. I love snorkeling. I love all those things. My friends are trying to get me to, uh, to start diving with them, which I would love to do this year. Just waiting for Zoe to get a little bit older. But uh, when I watch Animal Planet a whole lot, this is time and time and over again, is that when they find these blue whales that are washed up on the sea and you ask these people how they ended up on the shoreline and why they died, they said they were chasing minnows. This, these whales beach themselves and they lose their life over chasing things that won't ultimately satisfy them. I think to myself, these whales wouldn't have got a belly full off of these minnows. And yet they allowed themselves to be distracted by small things and it cost them their life. Now it may not cost you your life, but it may cost you your time and it may cost you your energy and it may cost you your resources. So make up in your mind this year that you are going to be focused. Just like Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and I press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. Amen? Number three. Number three, you guys are going to laugh at this one. As you see, I've, I've made these rhyme. Irrelevant relationships. Irrelevant relationships. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says this. Do not be deceived. Somebody say, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. In my mind, there is nothing in your life that will derail you in your relationship with Christ like ungodly relationships and like bad relationships. Relationships have the ability to inspire you in your relationship with God, but, they, but bad relationships have the ability to sap you in your relationship with God. Be careful in the company that you keep. Be careful with the company you keep. And I can't help but thinking about Think about who coined this scripture. King Solomon was considered one of the wisest men in the world. He wrote, um, he wrote the book of Proverbs, which consists of 31 books, 3,000 Proverbs. The Bible says that people came all over the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Solomon was King David's son. And the reason why he was so anointed and so wise is that the Lord appeared to him when he was a youth. And the Lord said, ask me anything and I shall do it. And you know, out of all the things that Solomon asked, he asked simply for wisdom. He said, God, give me wisdom to lead your people and to judge your people well. And he says, blessed are you, Solomon, for asking these things. Not only am I going to give you wisdom because you could have asked for riches and wealth and things and, and wisdom, but you only asked for wisdom. So I'm going to bless you with all of these things. I'm going to bless you with not only wisdom, but riches and wealth. And that's exactly what he did. And then he went on to write Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. And I thought about how great this man was, how wise he was. He made uh, quotes like this in, in, in uh, Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Not, it's not what was said in the beginning of his life that staggered me, but what happened at the end of his life. 
because Solomon, although he made all these uh, great wise decisions in the beginning of his life, he began to marry pagan women. The Bible says at the end of his days, he had married 700 wives and had 300 concubines. He was one of the wisest men that ever lived, but because he engaged in paganistic relationships, the end of his life, he was not serving the Lord. Be careful in the company that you keep. Be careful in the relationships that you engage in in 2019. They can either inspire your relationship with the Lord or they can diminish it. And that's exactly what happened with Solomon. The guy who said, hey, evil company corrupts good habits. He who walks with the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. This very same man engaged in relationships that sapped his relationship with God so much so that it made God angry to the point where he said, I'm going to strip the kingdom from you, but not to you because I want to be faithful to my, my, my promise to David, but to your son, I will strip the kingdom And that's exactly what God did and left only a portion of it left to him. Amen. So as we go into this new year, I want you to take inventory who's in your sphere of influence, who you're in relationship with. Are they inspiring you in your relationship with God? Are they moving you in the right direction? Because people are one of two things. Everybody knows that God needs a body to operate, right? I want you to look at somebody and say, he needs you. God uses people to get his will done, but the enemy uses people to get his will done. And so there's two different things that are happening in your current relationships right now and your friendships. Either God is using them to help you and help you navigate and move into his will, into greater depths of his will and his purposes, or the enemy is using people in your life to hinder that, hinder you from entering into your purposes that God has ordained for you, hindering you from reaching your full potential in Christ. So this coming year, I want you to evaluate the relationships and those people who are in your sphere of influence. Who do you spend time with? Who has your ear? Who's influencing you? Who's giving you advice about your marriage who is struggling in theirs? Who have you allowed to be a part of your inner circle? Who do you regard as your friend? Are they godly influences? Are they inspiring you to aspire higher? Or are they bringing you lower to eat low with the chickens in the chicken coop? Amen? Birds of a flock, to, birds of a flock fly together. Is that, is, that how, is that the old saying? Birds of a feather flock together. That's the one. Have you ever realized that buzzards stick together, but they're ground feeders, but eagles often fly alone? And I can tell you this, that I've come to the point in my life, I can do bad all by myself. That's what Medea said. So I would rather, if I'm going to do bad, I don't need you to help me do it. So if I'm going to be hanging around people who are going to inspire me to do wrong in my relationship with God, I'd rather walk alone. I'd rather stand alone and be in right, with God, be in right standing with God than to be hanging out with people or associating with people who are choking out my relationship with Christ. Amen? Point number four, and this is my last point, guys. Are you guys enjoying this? I'm enjoying it. Time thieves. This, for me, is the most major of them all. I want you to think about how much lost time that you've left that you don't get back in 2018. If you lose a friend, you can get another one. 
If your car breaks down, you can buy another one, at least some of us. If your shoes wear out, you can buy a new pair. If your dress rips, you can buy a new one. If your hair, whatever, these days you can buy new ones. But time is not for sale. Time is not for sale. You only get one shot. And so I want you to to determine in your mind this year not to spend time in things that do not matter. And again, do not add value to your life. My mom and my Aunt Diane in particular, these are my two favorite aunts. Can you all just raise your hands? My Aunt Jenny and my Aunt Diane. I love them. They are the best people really, really in the world. I love them so much. I could talk a lot about them. But in particular, my mom and Aunt Diane would say a certain something. My Aunt Jenny, she's more softer spoken. She's like the, the lover of the, of, the, of the bunch. But my Aunt Diane, one, two things she would tell me, um, brush your teeth. I, when I was six years old, so I, the, the, I would go to the dentist even recently, and they say, you brush your teeth really hard. <laughs> it's because she instilled this in me. But there's one other thing that, that, that she would say to me. She would always say, and I don't know if you remember this, is you would say things like, time goes by really fast. You're going to blink and you're going to be 50. She would say these words to me. And I didn't really get it until I just turned 34. Now I know I'm still young, but that I always remembered you saying that and my mom as well. She said, you're going to blink and you're going to be 50 and your time's going to be over. And you have one shot at this. And once my pastor said to me, he said to me, and I was closing my eyes and he was praying. He was praying for the congregation. He said, recently a man had come to him and said, you have 20 minutes on the stage of your life with a microphone. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? We're losing time, guys. So this year, don't invest your time, your efforts or into relationships that don't really matter. You know, I used to often wonder why Jesus would say things like, I'm coming quickly. He's been saying that for 2,000 years in the scriptures. Have you ever realized that? But now that I'm getting older and I'm seeing how Imara, 16 years old, 17 in the 16th of January, I know what I'm doing. Technically not. She'll be 17 um, January 16th. But as I look at the children and how old they're getting, 16, 6, and 9 months old, I'm seeing how rapid time is going by. Like light poles when you're driving down the road, they're flying by, and we're running out of time. And we spend our times, oftentimes, we spend most of our time in things that do not matter. Think about what you've invested your time in this past year and how it could have been used for good and for God's glory, and yet we've squandered our time. Amen? And relationships that don't deserve our attention. Putting our time into investments or, or things that really don't matter. I'm okay with watching movies. I'm okay with movie night. I'm okay with hobbies. But don't put so much into things that don't add value back to your life, especially those things that don't inspire your relationship with Christ. But I thought about how Jesus would say, I'm coming quickly, repent. I'm coming quickly, repent. And then there's thousands a year later, and we don't know if Jesus is going to come in our time. Generations before us said he was coming. He still hasn't come. But now I'm looking at these kind of scriptures differently. I know what he means now. 
he means that your life is gonna come in a blink and you'll be with me before you know it. So be careful on what you hear. Be careful what you spend your time into. Be careful what you invest your time into because one day you're gonna be with me and it's gonna be like that. Some of you, I look out in this crowd, I know there's some of you who are maybe in your 20s. There's some of you who are in your 30s like myself and there's some of you who are in your 40s and your 50s. Where has time gone? And we only have one chance at life. What are you gonna do with your 20 minutes in that microphone? What are you going to do coming 2019? Are you going to spend your time in things that matter, things that are eternal, things that have eternal value? Or are we going to spend our time in things that are sinking sand, things that perish, where moths and thieves break in, uh, thieves break in and steal a moth, rust things out, things that have no value. They're only earthly things. Amen? We're running out of time. Can you stand to your feet with me? Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.